to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 254 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. If you followed me on Twitter, you know I had a great weekend at the races at MIS. Such an incredible time, great weather, great friends. Oh, just a great experience. Oh, let alone the racing was uh, pretty damn good. Uh, so here we are sitting with 14 winners still through 25 races with one race to go in the regular season. And, I mean, we all know what Daytona is going to bring this weekend. So much to get into, so much to talk about. But first, don't forget, go roast the competition. Be the first to the finish line with Five Lakes Angry Brew. Angry Brew is a massively caffeinated, amazing-tasting, high-octane power pack fuel that'll get you through the day, all day, every day. Go to angrybrew.com. Use code LAPPED, L-A-P-P-E-D, get 10% off your order. All right, let's keep things going. So this weekend, like I said, you guys know I had a great time. Uh, Friday, had the day off, got a round of golf in on Friday morning before heading out to the track. Uh, we stayed at some friends of um, Lindsay's uh, from college. There's a bunch of them that still are uh, great close friends, which is awesome. And, and all the husbands are great friends and all that good stuff. Uh, so we went out there Friday night, picked up credentials, and then uh, did a little boat ride, hung out, had a great time. And then Saturday, took some first timers to the track. We took Kristen and Shafiq and Josh and Christy and Ashley and all the kids, which was incredible. Uh, we got them some shirts, some hats, all that stuff. And I will tell you, listen, I know maybe a cup race can be a little expensive uh, for a first timer that doesn't know what they're getting into. So we took them to the Xfinity race, right? Uh, they all had such a great time. The kids were all into it, running up to the fence and feeling the speed, smelling the tires and hearing the engines, and they just loved every second of it. So much so that Josh and Safiq actually went back on Sunday for the cup race. So we can rebuild what fan base we've lost. Take your friends to an Xfinity race, and hey, who knows? They might just be back on Sunday. Uh, all that said, great time. Huge thanks to MIS for uh, their continued support of the show and getting me back out there. Uh, had a great time. Met up with uh, Eric from the uh, Super Speedway podcast. Uh, just saw a bunch of people. Saw a couple. Uh, met up with Parker Kligerman. Uh, you know, done a lot of work with him in the eRacer series with Landon Castle. Uh, uh, was able to shake his hand as well as David Schildhaus. Um, drawing a blank on some of the, you know, saw Striegel, uh, Rusty Wallace. I mean, just so many people that was able to say hi to for a few minutes, which is just great to get the faces or my face out there and, uh, you know, let everybody know I'm still here and all that good stuff. So had a great weekend. Can't wait to talk about this weekend here in just a couple minutes with Jeff Striegel. Uh, as you know, Jeff and I, we've got a tradition now. Pre- and post-MIS weekend, Jeff comes on and we talk about it. Uh, so we're going to get into everything that went down this weekend. Of course, got uh, some social media, some silly... Uh, I don't know if I have any silly season written down in the notes because Jeff and I will go a minute. So uh, we'll try to cut some other stuff. Uh, Newdorf will be on for the weather for Daytona. Lucky dog and lap down picks. And, hey, here it is. It's the last weekend in lap traffic fantasy before the playoff grid is set uh you know we started the season with over a hundred players you know after segment one lost some and all that so there's probably about 
60 to 70 that are still playing weekly. And we're going to whittle that down to 16 here after this weekend. So uh, excited to get to that a little bit later on in the show. So uh, without further ado, let's keep things going. Let's get Jeff Striegel back on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making back-to-back appearances and his 18th appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast, the legendary voice, one of the legendary voices over at MRN. You'll see him at Berlin. We're going to talk about Berlin. We're going to talk about MIS. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Mr. Jeff Striegel. Sir, good evening. How are you? I'm good, Brandon. How are you? A beautiful weekend. Michigan now in the rearview mirror. That's hard to believe, and... We are staring straight at Daytona. I can't wait to get down there. So much to talk about. Yes, sir. You know it. Um, well, first off, uh, let's let's start with this. Another year of traditions in the books. I'm sure it won't be the last. Uh, I love having you on these back-to-backs because we really get to take a unique perspective because you mentioned it last week. We can kind of look back at you know, what we said and, and you know, do, did we, do we look like fools? Do we look like geniuses and, and have some fun with it? You know, for a while there, I thought we were going to look like geniuses. And then, yes. um, and then, well, we had a late race restart. But I know we'll talk about that uh, yes. a little bit later on in the program. I mean, when you think about it, though, all in all, a really, really good weekend. And I hope that – I know that what I'm seeing, about 90% of the fans thought Michigan was a great race. They certainly couldn't complain about what we did on Saturday. Friday night with Arca was fantastic. I applaud the the great team over there at MIS. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. I want to just put this out there and because we'll have some time to maybe figure out logistics. This is the 18th appearance on the show, which means, you know, 19 and 20 are just going to be around the corner. Uh, right. I would love if we could do something special on whenever the 20th appearance is and maybe do this in person, uh, whether that's me coming to you, you coming here, we doing it, at, whatever the case may be, I would absolutely love to sit across from you for the 20th appearance on the show. Well, I think we could do that. We could do that here. We could do that there. We could do it on the road somewhere. But uh, you can count on that. That that would be a lot of fun. Excellent. I love it. All right. Uh, before we get into this weekend and all that kind of big stuff, uh, you mentioned it, uh, that it was a big weekend for Berlin, uh, you know, w- which is near and dear to you. Um, and you weren't able to be there, which I know, which I know killed you. Uh, so but talk a little bit about because I'm sure you've been filled in by now about what happened at Berlin Raceway this weekend. Well, I can tell you that I was keeping tabs at what was going on at Berlin throughout the weekend. We had a big two-day show there. Um, It was the Battle at Berlin. That's our biggest super late model race of the year. And I'll uh, tell you why it's going to be even bigger and better next year here in a moment. But Kyle Crump uh, in his super late just ran up front for 150 laps and walked away with the ten thousand dollar prize he beat bryant campbell uh by about three seconds maybe it was a very very competitive race right up until the end and kyle finally pulled away and left the battle for a second between a long time super great super late model driver and bryant campbell and a guy that probably nobody is familiar with by the name it's a, just a kid andrew Scheid, who only has run 
I mean, I'm going to guess and say five super late model races in his career, except Brandon. He ran inside the top five for 150 laps, never put a wheel out of line, never put a mark on the car and came home third by a matter of two inches to Brian Campbell. So a great race. Carson Hosevar got caught up in a crash uh, midway through the race as he was coming from the back to the front. Uh, never got a chance to see just how good he really was because he had to work his way through the pack after not qualifying. So uh, all in all, a really, really good weekend. 34 super late models were on the property, and Kyle Crump ended up coming home as the winner of the battle at Berlin. That's awesome, man. That, that, that's great. Uh, so why is uh, it going to be bigger and better going forward? Wow, that was perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we have been racing for 10 grand to win, and the track announced on Saturday in the driver's meeting that the 2022 Battle at Berlin will pay 30000 to the winner next year. So That's incredible. Yeah, we raised the purse from ten grand to win to thirty grand to win, and that will be incremental all the way through the starting field. So that will become one of the top paying pavement short track races of twenty twenty two, no matter where you go in the nation. I mean, that can almost cover someone's season if if they're able to finish win or finish maybe even in the top five or something like that, right? Oh, sure. I mean, and I would hope that, and I'm going to throw this out, you know, that friends of Stephen Nassi, that, you know, we can get Stephen up here and we can get Derek Griffith back. Uh, Stephen was here for Money in the Bank, so was Derek. And there's, you know, I mean, there's plenty of tremendous, tremendous super late model drivers. Jesse Love, you know, from the West Coast and Bubba from down south and Stephen and Derek or Derek from the Northeast. If we can get all these guys to come assemble you know, and get a field of cars of, of 50 or more. I mean, it would just be a great event. And that's what we're going to be working on. We do not have the date announced yet. I think I told you on this program a week ago that we've got to look at getting it off of the Michigan weekend. Yes. And um, I think we're going to take a very, very close look at that to run battle where it's not head to head with, you know, MIS. So, We'll, uh, we'll take a look at the schedule. We'll get it announced as uh, soon as we can, and we'll start making plans for that. I love it. All right. Yeah. Um, perfect weekend at MIS minus a four-lap rain caution there, which really was, was nothing in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we had a great crowd on Saturday. Uh, great crowd on Sunday. The infield was full. The stands looked about 80% on Sunday. People were happy from concessions to the volunteers to the drive i mean everybody was excited to be back uh the crowd was amped up i mean there was an aj chant after the race like it felt like we were at a wrestling show they were cheering for their favorite wrestler that's how loud that chant was and i absolutely had goosebumps and i loved every second of it jeff what'd you think just about being back at the track with the fans well, <laughs> home run, you know, we had a chance to go down and uh, finally go back into the infield and visit with some of the fans on Friday night. We took that opportunity to do it. We took in the Tim Duggar concert, which thousands of other fans did with us. 
Uh, like you said, the campground, from what I understand, was actually sold out. There were people everywhere. And the thing that I liked about it, and you just pointed it out, is they were there. They were happy to be there. They celebrated wins. They were cheering their favorite driver. The thing I liked about AJ's win, how can you not pull for AJ Allmendinger or how can you not pull for a driver that shows the type of enthusiasm that he does? I mean, you know, we see drivers get out of a race car and they've been there, done that. Maybe they give a little tip of the cap or a little wave. I mean, you could tell that AJ was thoroughly uh, overcome with emotion. That might be the best way to put it. He was excited about what he had just accomplished and the fans celebrated back with AJ. And I just wish we could see more and more of that. I mean, let's face it. You never know when your last win is going to be. So you better celebrate any and all win as though this is the last time you're ever going to take a checkered flag because you just never know if it really is or not. And that's what I saw from AJ. I saw the emotion. I saw the excitement and I saw the, the fans return that back to AJ. So Saturday in my books was just a home run. Absolutely. I just want to piggyback off what you just said there, you know, um, you, like you said, celebrate every win like it's your last and your first. And, you know, because if you think about it, you know, do you think Jimmy Johnson back in Dover 2017 thought that was going to be his last trip to Victory Lane in NASCAR? I don't remember what his celebration was like, but knowing that that was, you know, number 80, whatever, um, you know, it probably wasn't like it was his first. So that that's a great perspective, Jeff. I absolutely love that. Well, think back, uh, Brandon, real quick. Let's just go back to win number 93 for Jeff Gordon. There were plenty of people that had figured that win 92 was going to be it and there would be no more. And when you looked at his career winding down to just – uh, what, three races remaining in his career, if I've got the schedule in my head right, he, we went to Martinsville, and then I believe we would have gone on to Phoenix. Maybe Texas was in there. Don't know. And then we would have gone on to Homestead. So for Jeff Gordon, you recognize that you're down to your final last two, three, four races, and all of a sudden, there he was in victory lane. He did celebrate knowing that that was probably going to be his last win, and again, the fans responded, and I I, I truly believe that's how you need to celebrate, because you just never know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I was, so I, I went down to... Um, pit road with about 10 or 15 to go on Saturday and Sunday and I was standing at uh, the gap there uh, at the start finish between the break and pit road where they're going to you know they wheel out the cars and and AJ's pit box was right there so I'm standing next to the team and you know I kind of took my focus because I'd never been right next to a pit box of the team that ended up being the eventual race winner and to see their emotion through the first caution and the second caution and the third caution and then the eventual win um, I, I really I had goosebumps there just to watch that raw emotion to know the 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 uh, the, the work the effort the the passion because we talked about that at length last week just how much 
much college racing is going about doing things what appears to be the right damn way because it's sure paying off for them both at the Xfinity level cup level already and what will be a successful cup run for that organization and it was just so cool to see that it is for the driver and it certainly is for those people those individuals behind the scene that that put the cars together that work on the cars that maintain them and then service them throughout the race the pit crew you know i mean let's face it we all know it was hotter than blazes at michigan this past weekend those guys are just there busting their butt and i think the thing that they had to go through that made it difficult is aj had that thing won two then the third time and it's like every time we look like we've got this thing won the caution flag would come out they're probably thinking the only thing that can happen here is we're going to get wadded up and taken out and this opportunity to celebrate is going to go away in a heartbeat so you know to finally see the checkered flag and get the thing done just had to be a sigh of relief and time to celebrate and it was well deserved absolutely i i'm with you there um you know as if if we look back at uh, some of the other events that took place uh, on Saturday, um, you know, s- some some of the favorites n- not up there in, in the top five. You know, we, we, we don't have uh, Austin Sindrick up there. Uh, we got Brandon Jones up there, who's won at Michigan, had success at Michigan in, bef- in, in the past, you know, with a top two. Uh, Josh Berry filling in. Man, if that just doesn't go to show the talent mm. that this guy has to be able to fill in in a different ride, you know, and, and to still go out there and was even battling late in the race for for the win on this thing um i i was just blown away well not blown away because i i knew i know what the xfinity series has provided this year but it was just a great race that we saw saturday afternoon josh berry has got a ton of talent uh he led there late in the event certainly a lot of people pulling for josh berry brandon jones putting himself in position to win like we talked about a week ago and he came up one shy had a big wreck as you're well aware of and everybody's well aware of that took out some really good cars that was just unfortunate uh racing deal there off turn number two somebody's got to check up and when they do at 185 miles an hour next thing you know we got bumper cars down the back straight away i hated it for maya snyder uh maya had a car that i really felt was maybe as good or better than anybody else in the field uh Cindric had a great car number of cars that got taken out but um you know that when that happens, it opens the doors for others, and you got to be there to take advantage. And certainly, AJ and Jones and others were able to get up there and get done what they needed to do. So, uh, a really good day on Saturday. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, all right, let's switch over to Sunday's race, um, Jeff. To me, this one kind of reminded me a little bit of the Monday afternoon uh, race that we had a couple years ago back in June. Uh, Leader never pulled away, uh, hard to pass, but it was entertaining and competitive all day. Did that uh, strike a chord there with you at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we were probably three quarters of the way through. And other than during a round of green flag pit stops, I looked at Alex and said on the air, you know, what, what's been the average distance a race leader had over second place? And 
I made the comment. I said the biggest lead anybody's had is two car lengths, you know, all day long. And that was true other than, again, a round of green flag pit stops where things got shuffled around just a little bit. But, no, I thought it was highly entertaining. I don't know what people saw on TV. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know that. I know what I saw from the booth. I know what we were calling, and it was three, four, six, eight cars running nose to tail, bumper to bumper for the lead throughout the day. It never went away. It was always compelling. You really couldn't tell what was going to happen. Obviously, that brief, brief rain shower that NASCAR had no choice but to put the caution flag out change the complexion of that race a hundred percent because i mean obviously you had larson up there and denny and trying to think of who else wasn't it byron and chase elliott if i'm not mistaken were the four cars that had pulled away from fifth and they were going to settle that race among themselves and i was i was ready for that i thought that was going to be absolutely fantastic which one of these four is going to pull the miracle move you know, inside five to go and go to victory lane. And next thing you know, we get this little pop-up rain shower that quite honestly, I mean, from the booth, we couldn't even tell it was raining, but yeah, I couldn't either. <laughs> Moody out in one said it was and baggy out in turn three said it was, and they were saying that on pit road. And so NASCAR with no choice, but to put the flag out and that changed everything. You know what? I, I will tell you the most overlooked thing in NASCAR is the choose rule. I mean, you talk about the choose rule coming into play and and something that's new to NASCAR. Think of it this way, Brandon, every single time we had a caution flag and we had to go back and do the choose rule, everybody went to the outside. And it was late in the event that drivers that were getting the opportunity to start on the inside were making it pay off. And so when you get that caution flag late in the event, you get all the hitters that lined up on the inside of the racetrack and Ryan Blaney comes from fourth all the way up to grab the inside front row. And it's like, you know, he's not going to get blown away. If he can get a push from Kyle Busch, this race is not over. We dropped the green flag, Kyle Busch in the Camry, just shoving that Ford Mustang all the way to the front. And by the time they exited off of turn number two, we've got a new race leader and he was not going to be denied. Nope. I'm with you. You know, I think, uh, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's underrated and, and we don't give it enough respect, I think, because, uh, you know, we, we've all seen in years past at Bristol Martinsville, you know, drivers checking up on pit road to get that, that, you know, starting spot either on the outside or inside, depending on, you know, what's going on that race. And I think we, we turn a blind eye to that at the intermediates and the ovals because, you know, we, we just don't expect it to be that important. Uh, and, and like you just pointed out, it's, it's, it's crucial and it, it impacted potentially our, our race winner here this past weekend. You look at Dover, Martinsville, Michigan, Phoenix, as the three or four, I guess I just rattled off four big tracks where that will have a tremendous advantage or disadvantage as to how you start. Well, you've got a choice to make. And, you know, when the leader says, I'm going to take the outside because that's the way it's been all weekend long, 
And next thing you know, you got a couple of guys working together down on the inside, and all of a sudden that outside's not as good as what it used to be. And uh, you got to give credit to Ryan Blaney. He had to mirror drive those final handful of laps trying to make sure that he kept the runs behind him. And they, they, they said it, and we all heard it, that they drove that final 10 laps like they were racing at Daytona and Talladega, but they did it to perfection. They held everybody off, and by, what, a half a car length? Blaney over Byron and Ryan Blaney goes to victory lane. Yeah, nope, absolutely. Ford continues the dominance in the uh, backyard of the Motor City, picking up the Heritage Trophy, uh, which which is so cool. I love that they give a manufacturer's trophy at, in, at MAS. I think that's one of one of the cool, unique things that they do. Um, all right, Jeff, uh, let's let's talk about some individual competition on Sunday a little bit. Uh, I want to start with the four car. Um, we heard at the drop of the green flag, Kevin Harvick, just not happy. Uh, that team struggled all day. Um, you know, we talked about it last week, you know, if there was anything up, uh, Rodney's sleeve, we might've seen it this past weekend and it just, it was not there. They salvaged a 15th place finish. Uh, but I think that had to do with just, you know, not being in the the wrong place at the wrong time with some of the wrecks that we had and, and kind of battled up because that was a 15th to 20th place car all day. And they just, there, there's nothing there. They're in the playoffs. Uh, but I guess this year we won't, we shouldn't be surprised if Kevin Harvick doesn't make it to the round of 12 or pass that round at all there. No, but I am going to bring up what we talked about last week, and that was that Tony Stewart was also in that position. I think it was 2011 yep. when you know when he said we didn't belong here, we shouldn't be in this deal, and then they went out and ripped off five wins and won the championship. I don't think we can count out Kevin Harvick. However, I will agree with you. They obviously, and we're not saying anything that they haven't said here. You know, they're missing something. If they knew what it was, they'd fix it. Uh, but yeah, they just seem to be struggling. That whole organization just seems to be struggling for one reason or another. And, you know, I don't see Harvick being in there long, but then again, I'm also never going to be the guy that says, just forget about Kevin Harvick. He's sure. a non-factor yes. because Kevin Harvick is always a factor. And he's, the, you know, the, the thing about that whole entire organization led by Gene Haas and Tony Stewart, you better not quit. You know, because if you quit, I don't care whether you're in the shop back in Charlotte on the crew or the driver. I don't care if you're driving the transporter. If anybody's got their head down saying that we don't belong or we don't stand a chance, they'd probably be on the unemployment line on Monday. Because the one thing about that organization is they don't quit. They won't quit. They'll keep digging all the way to the very end. If they're knocked out in the first round, they're knocked out. But you better not overlook them when it comes to, again, Phoenix or Tal. Talladega doesn't matter. Kansas, they're going to be there and they're going to go after trophies. So it, it will be curious to see, no doubt, just how they close out the 2021 season. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, all right. Let, let's talk about the, the, the big incident uh, between Brad Keselowski, Austin Dillon. Um, Jeff, t tell me what your initial thoughts were, uh, you know, as it happened. And then, you know, did, did your mindset change at all after seeing the replays? Where are you at on that one? Well, my mindset changed after you have a chance to step back away from it. Now, when you see it happen 
and you see it on the replay and you see it and you see it and you're calling it in real time, you know, sure. It looked like, you know, it, it, it darn near looks intentional, but I know it's not intentional. So then you say, well, geez, what is Brad thinking? Why wouldn't he have come up off the bottom of the racetrack? And so a lot of things go through your head at the time that it's taking place. But I, I do think we have to go back to this point. And that is simply that Brad Kozlowski is not going to hook Austin Dillon at Michigan at 190 miles an hour and turn him head on into the wall. He's just, he's not going to do that. And I don't care how many people want to debate me on that. Let's, let's debate it. He's just not going to do that. Did he make a mistake? Could he have done something different? Sure. Um, but I don't believe at all, 100%, I believe that it was simply a mistake. And if he would have been able to do it again, he would have done it differently. Um, I hated it for Austin Dillon, no doubt about it. I mean, my gosh, number one, it was a hellacious hit. Um, thank goodness the car stayed on all fours. It looked like at one point it was going over. That would have been catastrophic potentially. Um, fortunately, that didn't happen. Obviously, it wrecked a very, very good race car. That may have been the best car Austin has had in quite some time, maybe certainly this year. That, that car was capable of winning that event. So there's a lot of things that went on, all of them unfortunate. Uh, Brad's there to win. It's his home track. We know that. But um, at the end of the day, we tore up a pretty good race car. Fortunately, Austin was okay. And I'm sure that, again, and I'll say it again, that uh, I do not see that as intentional. And I'm sure that Brad, he, he commented to this point that, he felt awful and was apologetic and hopefully he and Austin have had a chance to talk and, and kind of discuss it and they can move on from here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I felt the same way, you know, seeing it happen, you know, just outside the front stretch there. Uh, it, like you said, it, it, it looked different than going back and, and reanalyzing and really tearing it down and looking at it from a, a nuts and bolts perspective. And, and, and I'm with you there a hundred percent. But there's something that you did say that I want to go back to because while it, it may not look like much now, but you said, you know, that car could potentially have been our car that won the race. It had mm -hmm. maybe the fastest. And when was the last time outside of a plate race that we're talking about an RCR car being the fastest car and it's been a long time since at least i can think of that that's crossed my mind is yeah that that's a thing right now and i just think that that is a big step for that organization i know we're getting a new car next year and and who knows what that's going to do but i've seen leaps and bounds improvements from that organization and i think it's great i love you know tyler reddick being that addition to that organization and i just think that there are some things to come from that organization you know like you said about kevin harvick you can't write him off you know i think for a while we've kind of just oh it's rcr oh it's 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 roush you know they haven't been players in the game for a long time from a you know week in week out competitive standpoint of competing for wins but mm -hmm. i think the tide might be changing a little bit 
Well, it may be. Um, I mean, obviously, they've got good engines. We know that. Um, and, and there are times when you see a Richard Childress racing car, whether it be Tyler Reddick or, you know, I mean, look at mine. Snyder was in an RCR car on Saturday. That car was wicked fast. Um, Austin Dillon was wicked fast, completely different cars. I get that. Um, Tyler Reddick showed some signs of being pretty fast there on Saturday. And there are times when an RCR car uh, runs really, really good for about three or four weeks. And then you think, man, they got this thing together. Look out. Here we go. And then it kind of falls apart and fades. And we're talking about them 13, 15, 16, something like that. Um, my hope is because it's just a good organization, good people, um, and people that deserve to, to have the opportunity to stand in victory lane together at some point or another. I'd like to think that that was, like you said, the step in the right direction. Now, we'll find out soon. I don't know that we're going to find out anything this weekend as we head back to Daytona. And I think most people understand why I say that. Um, you know, Daytona and Talladega are just a completely different animal. But after we get done with that, we head to Richmond. How good will the three uh, car B and how good will the eight car be with Tyler Reddick? How good will they be at Darlington? Can they, you know, can they show that they belong inside the top five and they can run with the best of them? Time will tell, but I think there's a lot of people that would like to see that. And I'm one of them. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's a good segue. Let's let's talk a little bit about Daytona. Last race, regular season. It's a wild card, as you met. You know, we, we all know that. Uh, we got 15 spots locked up. We've got a battle uh, for that last spot. Um, you know, when, when we... When we see what we had, you know, just even at Michigan, that that's not as, you know, Daytona-esque big one type crazy, even though we had a couple at Michigan. Uh, you know, it, it becomes an inevitability, I think, as, as the race winds down, as, as it's the last race, as people are going to be making moves to, you know, maybe get that shot. Jeff, if, if you had to pick a repeat winner or a first-time winner this year, uh, you know, and I get it. It's hard to do, uh, but there, it, it, anything can happen. You know, who would have thought Michael McDowell is going to win the Daytona 500? So um, I don't think anything's a given at this point. I don't either, and I think if I'm Tyler Reddick, 25 points to the good, sitting 16th, I'm probably sweating bullets, feeling like I've got to win to get in. Uh, that's a tough position to go into Daytona, uh, knowing that you got to take your car to the front. You got to throw caution to the wind. Well, right now you're in by 25 and, you know, let's say Kyle Larson wins it and everything stays the same. Then Tyler Reddick advances into the playoffs and that's what he's trying to do. But at the same time, if Matt Benedetto was to win that event, Tyler Reddick is no longer in the playoffs. He'll be on the outside looking in. So Tyler's got to be looking, as does Austin Dillon, that the only way that they're going to race for a championship is by winning at Daytona. Easier said than done. We all get it. Um, you know, I think, though, when you look at it, and, and I recognize that Michael McDowell earned that win in February, winning the Daytona 500, put yourself in position and good things can happen. And they did for Michael McDowell. Um, it also goes to show us that it doesn't matter what side of the garage you pit on. 
you got a shot to win the 500. You got a shot to win at Daytona. You got a shot to win at Talladega. Now, that being said, I still think that you have to look at the drivers that have that track down and they've got it figured out. And the one that comes to the top of my mind is one of the drivers we were talking about last week that is still winless in 2021. And he drives the FedEx Toyota. I mean, how do you not look at Denny Hamlin as being the odds on favorite? I would look at Joey Logano as being right there with him. Um, So, you know, I'm sure that Tyler Reddick would love to see and hear in his ear, Hamlin leads, Denny Hamlin leads, because if Hamlin can lead and win, it would not affect Tyler Reddick. I think we're in for something kind of crazy because when you look at Daytona and how it lays out, yes, we have 15 drivers locked in. We've got another 16, 17, 18 drivers that if they could win at Daytona, they too would get a chance to race for a championship. When you put that together and you throw that in a blender – you know, try to figure out who's going to go to victory lane and how that 16th position is going to shake out. I mean, that's that's just a, a crazy storyline that we will be watching for 400 miles come Saturday night. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Matt Benedetto, pretty solid yeah. plate racer. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., solid plate racer. We've seen Bubba it. Wallace finish second at the Daytona 500. Um, you know, th- th- there are, you know, so many drivers that – could still punch their ticket that we haven't talked about for these past 25 races and boom here we are and they have just changed the 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 outlook of our playoff grid for for this cup series playoff championship and you know i i i was critical and i think you and i talked about this in terms of putting daytona as this race as you know that crapshoot kind of thing but as as we get into this season and it's close of the regular season this weekend and looking at the fact that we've got 14 different winners uh you know so close to that you know 16 17 mark which i know everybody wants to see and i i love it and and i am i have bought in to daytona being at this at this spot in in the schedule You know, the only reason why I would debate somebody who says it doesn't belong there, it should be back on the 4th of July or or whatever, and then we wouldn't have this issue coming in. Well, actually, when you think about it, that would be wrong because you still have to race Daytona. Um, You still have to come away with a winner, whether it's a first-time winner or a repeat winner. I mean, if Kyle Larson goes out and wins at Daytona, it would be just like Kyle Larson winning at Richmond if Richmond was the last race of the year. It wouldn't upset the apple cart, to use that analogy, at all. Um, That would basically mean, depending on what happens to Tyler and Austin Dillon, uh, that one of those two guys would advance. Now we just are taking that race and putting it on the, on the uh, end of the regular season. Does it add drama? I don't know. It'd be pretty dramatic if we were getting ready to go to pick a track. I don't even care. Let's say we're going to Kansas. And it, Kansas was the end of the regular season. Well, you still have the drama that um, – Austin or Tyler could get in or they could both get knocked out just based on the fact that Matt Benedetto comes out of nowhere and wins that event, which is capable. You know, I mean, he's capable. So I don't know. I, I can I can certainly see those that 
that say we shouldn't be racing Daytona, the last one, because of all that is at stake. But at some point or another, you still have to race there. You still have a winner. Everybody is going to get points, and all of those points add up, you know, a grand total of 26 events. So whether you race Daytona back-to-back or you race at the first race of regular season and the last race of regular season, what you get is what you are going to get no matter what. So, um, you know, I do think it's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be hectic. I think there's so much on the line. Maybe that's why people think that, you know, this is just crazy. If we were going to Richmond, we'd probably say there are three or four guys that have a shot to win. And I do get that. And going into Daytona, let's face it, there's 30 guys or maybe even more that have a shot to win. So is it going to be high drama, high intensity, nerve wracking, nail biting? Yes. And I hope there's not a ticket to be had by the time we get ready to go green on Saturday and that everybody is standing and pulling for their favorite driver and at the end of the day let the chips fall and we'll see who advances and who doesn't and who goes to victory lane and who doesn't i love it jeff i think that's perfect i love it um let's uh let's let's wrap it with that i think we've set everything up nicely for this weekend and and what's to come in the playoffs uh jeff man thank you so much for uh pulling double duty back-to-back weeks here on the show i appreciate it i love it uh make sure you tell the wife a big thank you for me because i really do appreciate all the time that you give the show man I'll always give the show time, Brandon. You know that. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys do for the sport, you personally, and and all. I've said this before. Everybody who has a podcast that supports NASCAR, that's the key. You support NASCAR. I appreciate it. And uh, I do look forward to um, visit number 19, and I'll really look forward to visit number 20. We're going to have to figure out when those come. Enjoy Daytona. I know I'm going to. I think it's going to be – a lot of fun and like i said maybe a little nerve-wracking at times and we're going to see some drivers go out early thinking that they may have had a shot we're going to see some drivers late in the event going this guy's got a shot to play in the championship um if he can hold on and win so going to be interesting it's going to be fun and it always is uh, spending time with you as well so have a good evening thank you my friend i appreciate your brother lap traffic nation huge thanks to jeff striegel for calling in jeff safe travels down to daytona and look forward to talking with you soon man you got it take Sounds care good. we'll see ya oh lap traffic nation jeff striegel is just a pure pleasure to talk to every single time he is on this show just an awesome individual human being and just love talking with him uh huge thanks jeff appreciate you man all right let's do a little live traffic social media everybody make sure you check out the website the live traffic podcast.com facebook the live traffic podcast youtube live traffic podcast tiktok twitch instagram twitter all at lap traffic pc leave a review on the show all that good stuff you can listen on itunes podbean wherever you have your favorite podcast you will find the lap traffic podcast uh some new follower shout outs terry at test talk 12 underscore nine nascar fan from plymouth michigan just down the road for me i love it blaney fan Hope you were there on Sunday to see the big win. Um, 
Pickle Gang at the Pickle Gang, Big Tommy Joe's Martin's fan. Welcome to the show. Uh, Sirloin of Beef at Sir underscore Loin of. That was just a great name. I love it. Three on there. Welcome to the show, guys. Tell your friends. Check out the show. I've mailed out a ton of koozies and stickers as of late. If you want a free lap traffic koozie and some stickers, all you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, and I will send them out to you. All right. Let's keep things rolling. Let's get Brian Newdorf on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line. You can follow him on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with Aaron Studwell at Race Weather, keeping us up to date on all the weather happenings. Uh, welcome back to the show, Mr. Brian Newdorf. Sir, good evening. How are you? Well, you were at a race and it rained, so... But, uh, listen, I, I will argue that for a moment. So let's talk about that for a second, because it I... I mean, I was. Did, did water? Did water hit the track? I did not see water. I did not see a speckle of rain on the glass of the press box. So, now they said there was some rain in. It's a big track. It's a yes, big track. It is it a big can track. Rain. Okay, it, just because it's kind of like how things are in this world. Just because it doesn't happen at your house doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. Yes. Yes. So um, I guess my thing would be is like there was no light. Right. So we didn't have the lightning thing or any issue there. That's good. Right. And I heard some drivers say and talk on the radio like, why did we throw this caution? We didn't need one when, you know, however many races ago was it like, why haven't they thrown the caution? We need it. So when I look at it, from that regard i was like man you know the mere fact they didn't have to pull the cars off the track and they were able to basically dry it up themselves running a few caution laps and go back i mean to me that was i guess we'll call it a barely rain well i mean true like it was I mean, let's put it this way. I am grateful that's all it did because we didn't lose a track. You know, we didn't have to, you know, get, get the, the fans out of the stands. Like, it was just like we had a little spin. I mean, it was literally a four-lap caution. That's no different than a single-car spin caution. So, in the grand scheme of things, it was uh, a very non-eventful from the rain perspective. So, I'm all good with that. So, yeah, so I'm all good, not eventful uh, from the rain perspective. Uh, how things been with you, sir? Good, good. Uh, just been busy uh, doing the dad thing, getting um, getting kids moved into college and so on and so forth. So uh, we've had some good things and um, um, some bad things. Son, we're trying to make out, try to make the Purdue band, one of the twins, and uh, he didn't make it. He actually got cut twice. It's, it's a long story, but he was trying to make the, the crew with the big bass drum and then something else. That's crazy. Um, oh, that's about. Now you know they were. They had like over almost six hundred people try out for like three hundred spots. So they had oh. like cut almost like an entire band. Um, three hundred. That's a large band, though, right? I think Michigan's like three hundred uh, something. Yes. Wow, that's got to be a hell of a halftime show when they uh, stretch out across the field there. Yeah, we've had a big band. Well, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Purdue, Michigan. Uh, that's right around the corner, man. I am excited. I got the fantasy football draft start tomorrow, so I am. It's 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 almost time. Football is is close to upon us. I am. And this I is am a NASCAR ready. show. I thought, I thought I NASCAR fans aren't supposed to like other sports, you know. right? Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's it's been hit or miss. Sometimes I get the oh, that's cool. I like the little ad there, and other times I get hey, stick to what we come here for, and I get both sides of it. Like you know, yeah. But I find, 
this idea that you can only be exclusive to one sport. Yeah, no, that, I mean, hey, I mean, it's one thing if it was like on like, you know, if the show was syndicated on Sirius or, or something like that. And I started talking about, you know, football or wrestling or whatever, like I tend to do. But hey, I mean, this is this is amateurs best at its finest. So we'll, we'll, we'll go all over the place when we need to. So, um, well, so uh, you, you were busy this weekend, so I'm guessing you didn't get to take in much of uh, the racing, but there was some craziness, you know, we had. Some... Yeah, I didn't see the craziness. I mean, I knew that there was possible rain, did a couple, you know, little a, tweets that I could do. And, we had you know, when I had time. <laughs> the truck race. That was fun. So well, we've had that before. We've yes. had sprinklers go on at other tracks. So, yeah, that kind of stuff happens. <laughs> um, let's see. We are headed to Daytona for the last race of the regular season in the Cup Series. Still got a couple more in the Xfinity Series to go. But uh, how are we looking for some night racing at Daytona this weekend, sir? Okay. Um, what track are we going to? Daytona. And, and, and what, what month is it? Uh, last I checked, it will be the end of August. And, and what season does that fall into? Uh, the hot and humid summer, sir. And you live in Michigan to call it hot and humid. So go farther south, like, right. I don't know, Florida. Yep, yep. So this, uh, these, wait, hold on. Let's see if I can. Are... Let's see if I can predict it, and then you can tell me. Uh, okay. Let's see. On Friday, we're gonna have isolated showers moving in. Some could be. I, I would hope. I would hope for. I uh, isolated would sound nice. I'm. A, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little nervous about this setup. There's okay. a lot of things that are making me nervous. All Number right. one. Yeah, I mean, fans are, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I have a prediction of social media and all your comments and stuff like that about how the hell could they move this race to August, okay? That's the first thing that people are going to be complaining about. Right. All right, that's going to be the first thing. The next thing is going to be the fact that people forget that it rains in Florida. Like, for some reason, it, it's only exclusive to NASCAR. It's not. It's Florida. Um, you know, so that's how things are shaping up. There's a big just constant flow of moisture kind of be flowing in Friday and Saturday. Um, so you're going to get these big clusters, bands maybe of, of, of sea breeze type things, and they could be close to the shore, which Daytona is. Um, and then the other question is, and I, I don't think there is, but there's some tropical waves out there. And so, you know, some of these things have to be watched and, and they may pass to the south. They may not. So it's if I was going, I would definitely be preparing for some kind of backup plan just in case all right just in case kick that thing well so the nice thing is it's 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 night racing right so yeah know, but i mean if you i can mean push but it to sunday and travel you know if you're not flying you know and you just gotta maybe book an extra hotel room or stay an extra night in the campground uh it's a lot easier when it's a saturday night race gonna race sunday maybe versus a sunday race and now you gotta try to switch things around work wise monday and all that kind of stuff so, all right. So, yeah, I mean, how, how does Sunday look? Is Sunday a little better than Friday and Saturday? It's really tough at this point. This far out to really nail down, all I can say is, um, you know, I'd say it's better than average. It's going to rain. Um, it's going to – it's very possible, especially with a 7 o'clock. That's not – while we say 7 o'clock's a night race, I mean, think about when the sun sets. I mean, we are still got energy there. And we've seen this time and time again. Even when we race in July, you can get these situations and these setups where – you know, it just keeps feeding itself. So it's not a done deal that like once it's seven o'clock or eight o'clock or even nine o'clock, that activity is just going to shut off. 
Yeah, no, yeah, we've we've seen that. You know, we've I mean, hell, how many Daytona night races have we seen, you know, start at 730? Uh, they get 20 laps in and then we don't pick back up till 11, 12 o'clock at night, you know, so um we, we, we've seen uh, that happen time and time again. So, yeah, like you said at the start, you know, hey, whose who's genius idea was it to put Daytona, the last race, in at the end of August here? You know, not that there's – well, I guess what, what what's a clear time for Daytona? You know, when would they be able to avoid some of the, you know – the, the the commonalities there of we know in February we know in August like would they have this issue in September down there like is is that kind of run the same I think I mean it's Florida I think you're going to have that chance I yeah. mean you're going it, to and it's it's more likely going to have some kind of a rain whether it be the isolated hit or miss or you know more activity in some ways so you know that's one thing fair enough fair enough yeah well, sir, uh, we, we talked about football there a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, and we talked before we recorded about doing a uh, joint show with you and Aaron for a minute. Uh, we haven't done one of those in a long time. And uh, maybe we can work in some Big Ten college football and uh, have a little fun with that and uh, see where the road takes us. I think that sounds like a plan, although I'm not overly excited. I mean, we've got a potentially good offense, but offense if your defense can't stop anything uh then it doesn't really matter that was the problem last year and you know we've been pretty one-dimensional so we will see what happens i mean i like brahm i think he's a good i think he's a good coach we don't even know who our quarterback's going to be but we know we have a really good wide receiver and his name's not even if his name's not rondell moore we have a good wide receiver in bells uh i think it's bell maybe it's i get bell i think it is uh so you know we'll have to wait and see so those are the big things of the questions that i'm seeing i mean i don't go in it's not like uh you know, Marvel fandom where I have all these theories. I'm just going to go in and see what happens. That's, I mean, that's all we can do. I mean, uh, you know, especially being a Michigan fan, like after year after year of the same result with the same product, like, all right, well, let's, let's just see. Maybe one of these days we'll something will click and, and we'll go from there and, and see what happens. So excellence already, sir. Everybody make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN along with uh, Aaron Studwell at race weather, sir. We'll catch you in a couple weeks. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right. You guys know what that sound means. It's time for this week's Lucky Dog Lap Down segment. You guys came strong this week, which I absolutely love because I was there, which is incredible. Uh, so I am excited to get to your guys' uh, picks. But first, my Lucky Dog Race Weekend. I mean, it's it's got to go to uh, the dinger. I mean, here we are back to back races for the dinger uh you know gets it done on the road course and then comes back and puts the stamp on it at the oval for colleague racing i was standing right next to colleague's pit box because it was right at the break between where the cars get pushed out to the to pit road and just to actually see the raw emotion from everybody from the team up on the box um that was incredible it was so awesome you guys know how much I love college racing. So that was just absolutely fantastic there. Uh, lap down, it, it got to be Austin Dillon, right? You know, um, just to get taken out in that way. Uh, you heard Jeff and I talk about it earlier, but, uh, you know, just puts them in a must-win situation if they want to uh, – compete in the playoffs so we'll we'll see what happens this weekend at daytona uh as i've said before 
when you're in that must win, we've seen Ricky Stenhouse before. Hey, these guys have won at this track or they f- enjoy this style of racing and can do well. But when that pressure's on, uh, you know, then it's it's maybe overcompensating in some areas and pushing too hard too soon. And boom, out and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend but all right uh so let's get to your tweeted responses scott at 1985 wagner lucky dog blaney in it to win it lap down tyler riddick in the playoffs and blaney happens uh brian at storm and b81 lucky dog congrats to ryan blaney being at the right place at the right time to steal a win lap down this trash package that provides not being able to pass and helping the slower car win uh jess at iowa nascar fan lucky dog blaney right place right time lap down larson gotta pass the teammate when you can't otherwise you'll get buried also reddick for being too aggressive and losing points even after ad wrecked out rowdy at the rowdy dragon lucky dog michigan winner ryan blaney the force was strong with him Lap down the three-car of Austin Dillon. Bad decision may have ended his playoff run. Uh, Eddie at Eddie underscore EG3. Lucky dog. AJ Allmendinger back-to-back wins. One last week on the cup side. Other in the Xfinity series. uh, Having to hold off the field in triple overtime. That was crazy. Uh, Lap down Austin Dillon. Unfortunately, big missed opportunity here. Had a car that could have won the race. Must win at Daytona. Uh, That's another thing. That car could have won the race. And when was the I mean, I, I get it didn't happen. But when was the last time that an RCR car was the strong car to beat at an oval? So for me, granted, yeah, bad situation, but that program is coming around, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore car uh, just got home from CLE. Lucky Dog has to go to Ryan Blaney for making it out like a bandit on the last restart. Lap down, going to nobody. I got to see my favorite driver win in person, and I'm in such a good mood. I can't put anything a lap down. I know that feeling, Colin. Bummer we weren't able to meet up this weekend. Uh, Lack of cell service when you're not in the uh, media center there and you know just walking around it's 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 not the best so that's a bummer uh but uh hit me up i'll send you a koozie if you don't have one already uh mick at goducks 42 underscore mick a lucky dog ryan blaney got byron on the restart and that's all it took lap down this package yes it keeps cars but the draft style racing just isn't for me uh roger at r-o-j-o-d-i lucky dog blaney for receiving a push lap down 550 horsepower package needs to go we need to see actual passing uh robin at sf 49er girl 16 lucky dog definitely blaney for holding off the field lap down is really hard for me to say but it has to be Harvick for having to point his way into playoffs this year, hoping for a Kevin Harvick win in the playoffs. You and me both. I said it last week. You know, this was the race that uh, if they had anything, you know, that up their sleeve that we would have saw it and and we didn't. Um, Matt at Camper News, not lucky dog. The racing, especially the last 10 laps, was the most exciting I've ever seen in my time of watching NASCAR at MIS. Lap down, uh, Austin Dillon wrecking at the end of stage two, hoping he can do what he does best at Daytona next week and still make the playoffs. Uh, Mike at Mad Mike Nebbia, lucky dog. Ryan Blaney, lap down Kozlowski for wrecking Dillon under caution. He should have been parked. Uh, Chris at USMC underscore NASCAR Fire, lucky dog. Blaney, as well as MIS for being a multi groove track again lap down the package can't wait for the new cars 
Uh, Chris at Chris for WF18. Lucky dog. Ryan Blaney's pass for the win at the last restart. Thanks to a push from Kyle Busch all the way into turn one. Lap down. Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick struggles to win a race. Rolls on. Neither can follow up what they did in 2020. Uh, WF Professor at Ryan underscore Hammond three. Lucky dog. The resin. It actually helped racing unlike the PJ1. Lap down. Whoever put the roof numbers on the 23 car. They are oriented the wrong way. And technically, this is a rules violation. That's a good call there. Uh, and Jeremy at JR Lethal. Lucky dog. Today was my daughter. I didn't want to miss any of the race. So I had her run me beer from the fridge. I'm going to add lots of money to her piggy bank for the solid work today. That's awesome. I love that. All right. There you guys have it. I cannot wait to see what next weekend's Lucky Dog and Lapdown segment looks like as we end the regular season at Daytona. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, time to close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Check the website if you need to know who you still have available. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the last race weekend before the playoffs. So if you do not make the playoffs after this weekend you don't need to send in any picks you'll still get all the emails and all that good stuff with the updates just to uh keep everything simple from my end and uh there'll be some some surveys coming out at the end of the year to get your guys's perspective on making it better for next year the kyle larson rule is is already known that it's not going to be an issue next year all that good stuff but right now joining me on the line you can follow him at storm and b81 it's brian sir good evening how are you I am doing well. How are you? I am awesome, man. Coming off race weekend, so it's all good things over here. Uh, what'd you think of the racing this weekend at Michigan, sir? I didn't like it, yeah, and I here's why. That. Yes, yeah, I had those things. I don't, I don't like the rules package, and I think anybody and everyone who follows me knows this. Um, and not hating on Ryan Blaney, he did what he needed to do, and that's get out front and block, but. Unfortunately, I think they, I think someone counted, there was like seven passes for the lead. Now, of course you hear, oh, well, there's, you know, racing in the rear, but it's, you know, yeah. Oh, and it's, it's good because they were bunched up, but you know, sometimes, you know, someone hits the nail on the head with the setup and they run away with it. You know, this, I call it a gimmick. Yeah, we've seen that time and close. time again to where, you know, the lead, you know, the, the only difference is, is instead of the leader checking out, like you said, the leader's got a block, but the end result's still the same in most cases with this. So I, yes. I, I feel you exactly where you're coming from there. Um, let's see here. I have uh, moved up to 15th in segment two. Uh, my picks of John Hunter, Noah Gregson, Kevin Harvick got me 92 points this week. Your picks of John Hunter, Dinger, and Larson were enough for 133, which was second highest this week. Uh, was unable to connect with the actual uh, week high winner. So glad you're able to fill in there, sir. Uh, one more week to go. Are you going to be able to make a push for this thing? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hit a home run here. So yes. I went. Like Nikki, what, one number five hundred. Well, with, with this pick, I'm probably, I'm probably a few of them may do it, but I, th I think I'll 
in the minority of my pick. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's hit the top 10 real quick in segment two. Still in first place with 1422. It's Steven from DFS NASCAR. In second with uh, 1366 is Henry Fletcher. In third with 1359 is Matt Kemper. In fourth with 1356, Glenn Atkins. Stephanie Borges wraps out the top five. Matthew Miles, Kristen Haglund, Chad Robb, Jess Rose, and Jeff Beaven wrap out the top 10 in segment two. Over to our bonus points, it's Henry Fletcher in first, still with nine bonus points. Uh, in second is eight points with uh, for John Etwinsel. Eric Souders got seven bonus points. And then Jumpy Bob, Brad Cards, Carson Haglund, Chad Robb, Kristen Haglund, my uncle, Stephen uh, DFS NASCAR, and Tony Saul all have six bonus points that'll carry over if you make the playoffs. Uh, and then our cumulative standings, and this is what I love right here, everybody. In first is Henry Fletcher. In second is Glenn Ekins. In third is Stephen from DFS NASCAR. In fourth is Brad Carnes. I wrap out your top five. Jess Rose, Jeff Bevan, John Atwinsel, Matt Kemper, Joshua Neal wrap out the top 10. Chad Robb, Michael from Blindspot Pod, Charles LaPearl, Stephanie Borges, Carson Haglin, and Tony LeBay are our top 16. But we cannot forget about Fred LeClaire, who will knock out the 16th place person. And all that said... C.J. Wolliver in 17th is only one spot behind Tony. Uh, we've got about 15 points with John King, Michael Roller. There is going to be a fight for about five, six people for that final playoff spot, which is awesome. I love everything about that. So uh, with that said, sir, are you ready to make some picks for this weekend? I am. All right, Live Traffic Fantasy players, we are headed to Daytona for the last race of the regular season. Trends, not much to go off of because, hey, it's Daytona. Last 10 races, Chevy's got four wins. Uh, Ford's got three. Toyota's got three. Could you imagine, though, if Michael McDowell sweeps Daytona? Uh, and what about the teammate battle between Tyler Riddick and Austin Dillon? Uh, is that a recipe for success or failure? I'll say disaster. Uh, and what about Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, both looking for first wins at Daytona for this year? Both are locked into the playoffs, but you know they want to get a win and start the playoffs with some momentum. There's a close battle in lap traffic fantasy. Who do you take? How does it shake up? How many big ones will we get? We'll find out this weekend. But first, it's time for our picks. Brian, I'll start with you. Who's your pick for the uh, Xfinity race on Friday night? I am going to go with uh, AJ Allmendinger again. AJ for uh, the three-peat. I love it. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick. But I might have a surprise for my cup pick. But we'll get your cup pick first, Brian. Who do you got? Well, I it is a teammate battle for that 16th and final position. And instead of pointing his way in, I am going with Tyler Reddick for the win. I tell you what, man, I really like that pick. I think that's going to be a popular pick if it's not Kyle Larson this week. Uh, I think Tyler, he's won in the Xfinity Series at Daytona. I think he's just itching and right there and and i'm knocking on the door for his first cup win i think that would be incredible for rcr and for that number 18 uh, I am going to go with the 21 of matt de benedetto showed some speed this weekend at michigan uh he's always been a solid plate racer and hey why not let's go with matt d for his first win at Daytona. So there is that. Sir, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I hope you enjoy dinner with the wife and uh, look forward to talking with you soon, man. 
Oh, yeah, and I'll, I'll be uh, headed to Daytona Saturday night, so I will enjoy it in person. Awesome, man. Hope you have a blast. <laughs> Safe travels, and have a great time, man. All right. Hey, have a good one. Thanks, man. We'll see ya. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 254 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, Lap Traffic Podcast, and on Twitter, at Lap Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Jeff Striegel, Brian Newdorf, Brian LaFell, all for calling in. Next week, it looks like Tyler Ankrum is going to make his return to the show. It's been a minute since Tyler's been on, so looking forward to talking to him. And, of course, have Brian or uh, Aaron Studwell for you. Don't get caught chasing a lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya.